Hobbs, Miller, and Condon. Ken Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next two hours talking sports with you. Uh, here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. We will talk about the NBA uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour, 1130, uh, with our guy uh, Kyle Irving from the Sporting News. We are down to three teams left, maybe down to the two teams that will play for the championship after tonight as uh, the Lakers fell last night to Denver. Uh, Denver represents the West. Will we know definitively after tonight? Indeed, uh, that is Miami moving on. But we'll talk all things NBA, including a potential retirement, Trent. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, with LeBron James, who is considering retiring from the game. We'll get into that. Uh, at 12.10, Maury Hanks, who is the promoter, he is the person behind uh, the Hawkeyes men and women's basketball team moving to Wells Fargo Arena for that doubleheader on December the 16th. Tickets go on sale tomorrow morning. You can buy them online at highvtix.com starting at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning if you are so inclined. Maury Hanks, who is, again, behind this uh, tournament, uh, will join us to talk about how it came together, etc. at about 12, 10 minutes after noon. And then we're going to talk with the guy who runs, who owns Heartland College Sports, Pete Mundo. We'll uh, talk uh, all things Big 12. A little bit of news potentially overnight. The Washington State president saying time to tighten our belts with all the uncertainty. The fact that they have an outstanding debt. I guess Comcast, the, the league owes them $50 million is the price tag I'm uh, hearing kicked around. Uh, so the, certainly the uncertainty of the of the Pac-12 conference will pick Pete's brain on that and what he foresees coming up here uh, this football season once we finally get through to September. Well, your picks last night, I did see on Twitter, another satisfied customer stopped by. That's right. Did you have a good night or something? Did oh, yeah. Did you sweep we, the board? Yeah, we swept the board in baseball, 3-0, and including a better than 2-1 to shot with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Got the win there. Hit that one. Hit the Angels last night, minus 107. And... The Astros, an easy winner, minus 110 against yeah, the Brew Crew. Easy winner, I'll say. I mean, they clobbered them. 12 to Jeez. the final in that one. My one hiccup, stupid NBA. Uh, th- that, but you bet the Lakers. I did. Didn't they cover? No. Oh, not. they're favored. They were favored. They <laughs> were favored. Uh, what was the, what's the halftime line? Did you happen to look? Two and a half. How about money line? Not sure. That probably couldn't have got big. That wouldn't have been a big price. They were down, what, 13 or something at the mm-hmm. at the half? 13, 15, something like that at the half. And then uh, the third quarter came and rolled around. And Jokic and company, they uh, took over. And uh, look, the the best team won. I, I don't think that you're, if you're a, even a hardcore Laker fan, you would look at those last four games if it would have, should have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty hard to come up with that. You know who's really impressed me? And again, um, we don't watch a ton of NBA and probably the NBA. NBA we do watch during the regular season. Not a lot of nuggets, although may go out of my way next year. But this Aaron Gordon, um, he's a pretty good story. I mean, not only can he score, he can flat out guard you. He yeah. gets after you. And how different he was when he came onto the scene. He's just a leaper. Mm-hmm. He was just an athlete. Yeah, but Arizona, that's what he was, right? He was just Arizona, dunks. right? Yeah, yeah, he was Arizona. 
and he was a top five pick. Yeah. And yeah. Came in. Okay, here's a guy that can dunk, and that's kind of it. That's a great point, Trent. He's, He's turned into a basketball game. player. He has. He has. He's evolved, and he uh, works as you know what off at both ends of the floor. So uh, Aaron Gordon was good. Jokic was terrific after having a slow for his. Uh, um, uh, abilities first half for 24 minutes way have 10 points i think in the first half but boy it, there's so much to, more to his game than just his scoring there was one point in the game last night it was a bounce pass of all things that stood with me but it's not like a you know from me to you 20 foot bounce pass it was a wasn't that much i'm probably even four or five feet and he bounced it hard off the ground knowing it was going to get a good bounce so the guy who was getting it to could get it chest height and finish the place just between the years it's just some of the plays that these guys make that just uh, leave you shaking your head and realizing these are the best players in the world. You hear it all the time, and it doesn't matter the sport about things slowing down. When you yeah. get some experience, yep. things slow Quarterback down. Quarterback position. Yes, that, sure. that's a huge one yep. that you always hear. He's a different level. Oh, God. Because he plays slow. Uh-huh. But it doesn't hurt him. Not a, not a bit. Not on the offensive end of the uh-uh. floor. He is not a quick guy. He's a point guard. Right. <laughs> He's a point guard. He is a point guard out there uh-huh. at a plotting six foot eleven. Yeah. Two hundred and ninety pounds or whatever he is. He is just such a different player than mm-hmm. anything that we've seen mm-hmm. before. And to watch him and in only twenty eight years old. Which is crazy too. Yes. And, you know, they had uh the other night on Sports Center, they just had a breakdown of his career. Well, first I saw also last night. Uh, they were in a commercial break when he was drafted by the Nuggets. A oh, Taco Bell commercial. Oh, was come playing. on. Really? Yeah. And so the, the announcement. little bottom line <laughs> that comes across. The Denver Nuggets select, and I'm sure they butchered his name, oh, as right. we all did when he came into the Now, Denver, and I don't remember this, but I, it was one of the uh, earlier games in one of the series. They had another big man on the roster that they had a decision. Yeah, that they trade off to Portland, right? So I don't remember. Oh, don't remember what, who name? it was, yeah. who the guy was, or, or what uh, ultimately ended up with him. But they had two guys, and they, well, got to make a decision. Uh, they made the right decision. Yes, he did. Because this Jokic is unbelievable. Uh, back-to-back MVPs probably should have won this year, but you know what? He's going to get his comeuppance. Um, at least you would think. Look, I I love this Miami team story-wise. Uh, just the fact that they are they're an eight seed for crying out loud. They're not supposed to be here. Them and their brethren from the same city. The hockey team's an eight seed, and they're up three nothing. The Florida Panthers in their series, uh, South Beach. Uh, in the sports spotlight, without a doubt. Uh, but uh, we will wait the winner tonight. Do you give Boston a shot? Do they get, what do you call these? The gentleman's the, the game? The gentleman's game, yeah. We're I was get... hoping like hell that you'd be right last night with your gentleman's game theory. And that's normally one that happens yeah. when you're on your home floor. Right. Well, this is in Miami. This is in Miami. What I've seen from Boston, it feels like they a have A whole lot of quit. Up. Yeah. A whole lot of quit. And if it gets tough and they're down... 52-40 at the half? Mm-hmm. Do you see a comeback? No, I don't, no. which is why they can't be. And I don't think they will be. I think that this, after they were called out, and you, 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 you can't convince me that they are in such a bubble right now that they don't know what's going on on the outside, right? Uh, they were called out one after another. Some of the bigger names in the sport. Mm-hmm. You would think that those people that actually did the calling out um, that there is a modicum of respect between them, and that would, you know, get through um, and, and maybe motivate them a little bit. 
just to, to get a win. I mean, my God, between now and June 1st, this might be it tonight. 23rd of, of, of May, we might not get a game until the 1st of June. What a stupid idea for a break. <laughs> well, you don't anticipate you're going to yeah, get two sweeps. Don't. And that's where we're on the precipice of in both of the winter sports. Right, 3 nothing now with the Panthers uh-huh. getting it done, one nothing. Yep. What, second period, power second play period, goal? Second period, power play goal. And that's the difference uh-huh. there. Tell me about that Panther goaltender. He's unbelievable. He was one of the best goalies in the world. But then he kind of just lost it. Okay. And in fact, lost the net this season to a guy I'd never heard of. I think his name is Lion. Um, and it was the Lion dude that actually got them to where they're at. Again, we keep t- telling the story. It's 100% true. Look it up. The Panthers were on the outside looking in. The Pittsburgh Penguins, who were fighting for their playoff lives, were, host, were hosting the second-worst team in the league, the Chicago Blackhawks. And if they would have won, they would have been in the playoffs. They lost. That hurt the Blackhawks' lottery chances. But you know what? There's a safety net. Because the next night, they go to the worst team in the league, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Well, sure as hell, they're going to beat them. Because after all, Columbus is playing for Connor Bedard ping-pong balls. They're not going to win the game. They beat them. Florida slides in the back door. Florida is about to play for a Stanley Cup sports. Greatest reality show out there. Uh, to answer the question earlier, Nurkic, that was the uh, other, that who it was? other big that Denver And where had did there. he go? Portland. Portland? Yeah, and he's still there. Is he? He's fine. I think yeah. he averaged uh, 13 a game this year, nine uh-huh. rebounds, but he's not Joker. No. <laughs> he is not Joker. You know, the construction of this Nuggets team, they only played seven guys last night. Yeah. They yeah. just... They've had injuries, Mm -hmm. no excuses, go out there. Jamal Murray, when he is right, we know how good he can be. And just a construction of a team that is completely different. Mm -hmm. One thought I had last night when I was looking back at the box score and watching the game and fast forward was, man, how much has it got to stink for Monte Morris? Yeah, I know. I thought the same thing. Yeah, You know? Yeah. And out there, and he got paid. Uh And he's happy with the money, I'm sure. But being there... Because he had he had a a role on this very team. prominent role. Yeah, he was a starter at he times. Was, when at Murray minimum, was certain, yep, backup point guard. Yep. He was a big part mm-hmm. of the Nuggets and kind of the resurgence again of this organization and turning into what they are. But got to be seeing all your teammates yeah. out there, and that's got to sting just a little. It bit. does, and you know what? It it, it hurts locally. I think mm-hmm. you know ratings wise because obviously, if there would have been a Cyclone or a Hawkeye on the floor, um, we would have paid more attention to it collectively i mean we as a, as a population would have paid more attention to this team but man they are fun they're fun to watch and they are on their way uh to play for a championship they will be favored i said minus 150 yesterday you did are you still there might be a tick higher might be a tick higher huh? yeah, maybe 200 mm-hmm. 200 plus 180 is that fair yeah minus 220 two to one mm-hmm. for the heat mm-hmm you're assuming the Heat are going to beat the Celtics. Oh, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> I think that's a fair yes, assumption. Yes, I am. Uh, let's get Jeff in here. Then I do want to switch over to... Did you see um, um, Ted Carter, the president of Nebraska, his comments from over the weekend that Tom Chattel... Is mm-hmm. it Chattel? Chattel. Chattel, yeah. Uh, in the Omaha World Herald Chronicle. I did, yeah. Um, I want to get to those. Meant to yesterday, but um, today's a better day anyways. There's not as uh, much golf to recap uh, as we uh, certainly had yesterday. Jeff, welcome to the program. How are you? Doing well. Uh, first, let's touch base. You know, Trent kind of touched base on uh, 
the way Joker plays, and it's, again, you know, I, I bring this up every once in a while. When boys and girls are watching, you don't have to be the most athletic. You don't have to be the one that shoots 25-footers. You don't have to go out and play one-on-one. So Joker plays at his speed, and he lulls people to sleep. He's not the most athletic. He's not the strongest. Mm-hmm. And the best thing about his game is he looks for others. Trent goes to Las Vegas. Trent goes and, and watches AAU basketball. I coach it. On the boys' side especially, it's a bunch of one-on-one mm-hmm. and, set, and, and set screens up top and play off that screen and roll. Joker, Joker will just catch at the top of the key, and he'll just wait. He'll just watch and see who's cutting, who's going back door. It's refreshing to watch. Trent, am I right on that or am I wrong? It's, it's a completely different watch than anything that you see in basketball today. It is, it's old school, kind of flipped with the new school in that stretch, well, stretch four and stretch five in his case. It is something you just don't see, and you're right. It is refreshing because uh, watching those tournaments, as you do, Jeff, there's some bad basketball that's played. <laughs> Very bad basketball. Let's, let's hit on the other, the other side note on this. What I thought Denver did probably the best at was offensive rebounds. And with that is when, is the, when you get the best look at a three-point shot, in my opinion, it's off an offensive rebound. Mm-hmm. And they did that so well in this series. Porter getting looks. Gordon getting looks. Carwell Pope was an yeah. unsung hero yeah. for this team. Uh, I think he had three threes last night. And he was huge the game before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody has said this about the Lakers, but maybe I'll be the first one probably on, maybe on this show. The Lakers shot their shot against Golden State. I think they were mentally spent. I think it was almost like they won the championship beating Golden State in six. Um, and a caveat with that is, well, Murray's about, I don't know, eight years younger than Steph. And I think Steph was mentally shot in that series as well. And when we look at the Lakers roster, and we talked about Golden State's roster last week, well, LeBron's making $40 million. We don't know. If, I mean, he's coming back. Let's just be honest. This whole pony show of him retiring, come on. We know he's coming back. I, I, honestly, I think the league might have some say in this because they need to have people to be talking about the NBA between now and June the 1st. I understand that, but I think all three of us can say. Yeah. Oh, of course he's. Yeah. I th- uh, okay. Is he for sure coming back next year, though? My my my, uh, not, my theory is ninety-eight yeah, no. percent chance. So he takes next okay. year off and waits for his kid. Who is this kid? A one and done He will be, but he yeah. shouldn't be. That's yeah. what that, that's he's the agreed. consensus, yeah. right? Yeah. But let me say this though, and I think a lot of pundits today I haven't really been listening. LeBron had a LeBron had a really good series against the Nuggets. Yeah. He played every minute. Mm-hmm. Now let's fast forward or rewind three years ago, or when AD came and they won the championship, the bubble. LeBron wanted to give the keys. I think Laker fans wanted to give the keys to AD and have AD be a top five player and take over these reigns. LeBron's not. LeBron can't get you forty every night. LeBron can't get you thirty five every night. And for some reason, AD does not want the key. No, that's not him. And so you're asking LeBron at 38, and I'm not a LeBron fan, but i got to give respect and respect due. The guy played every minute and said, you know what? Everybody get on my back. I'm going to try to win us a game four. And he ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That's not his responsibility anymore. Not at this point. So, no. It shouldn't be. Not at this point. So is it, I don't know, is it trade AD? Is it bring in Kyrie? <sighs> you're going to have to, Oof, I mean, yuck. you know, no AI is going to want – AI is going to want twenty to twenty-five million. You're going to have to give it to them. They're going to have to sign sign Vanderbilt to a deal because they need defense. Um, 
But the sticking point is, and it, did he play kinda, last uh, night? He didn't play last night, did he? I don't, I don't think Vanderbilt I mean, he, played last night. Did he? He doesn't really give you offense. He no. doesn't give you anything really offensively, so you kind Even of forget about it. But, yeah. the, but the point is, is that here's another kind of fun fact. At the end of Kobe's career, the Lakers gave him a huge two-year package. Yep. I don't know. What, I think he was making in the $50 million, maybe more. I don't remember. But LeBron is a billionaire. And if they're handcuffed because he's making over $40 million, they need to restructure that deal, and they need to bring in another piece because AD is not it. Joker is the real deal. Should be three-time MVP. You guys have a good day. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the call. And uh, your NBA knowledge is always welcome on the program. Um, Lakers tried to change things up. D'Lo did not start last night for the first time in a long time. Uh, came off the bench. Didn't work. No. Oh, nothing did. You know, they sh- I should say that. The first half, they... Uh, did you think that uh, they were going to ultimately hold on and win the game? I did, yeah. In you the did? first half, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I mean, the you certainly saw happened. a comeback coming. Yeah. But I thought that they would hold on. Right. The way LeBron was going, somebody else would step up and... Denver would come out and they would play spirited first, you know, whatever, third quarter, and ultimately the Lakers would prevail. That was kind of my thought process as well. And it was back and forth. I mean, it was close. It was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, LeBron uh, takes the ball, tries to go to the hoop, and he's uh, there's Gordon. And who else was... There was two. There was two. It was Murray and, and Gordon. Murray and Gordon. Yeah. Murray's Murray, the one that got the, got the tie Murray yeah, got the tie-up, exactly. Um just what wasn't wasn't to be. If they don't call that kickball on Hachimura when they're going up for the layup mm-hmm. there on the other end, yep. they got the reset yep. of the shot clock yep. back to 14. Point. That could have gone that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I listened to the end of the game before I went back and watched it last night on uh, the ESPN radio feed with Kesty, Mark Kestisher, who's okay. been doing it for yep. 20 years now, probably on radio, and uh, PG Carlissimo. Really good listen. I really, I always like that team. Yeah. And during this time, this is usually a time I'm out and about a lot more mm-hmm. in the evenings and Boy, what a good job they do. You know, the NBA, what a great group of announcers overall. Yeah, yeah it's The TV product that we yep. have. Yep. NBA yep. has really done a good job of putting together an elite set of announcers mm-hmm. from what we get with Eagle, who's outstanding, Kevin Harlan. With one exception, the ESPN. You know what? That's not fair. Because you don't like Breen? No, no, no. The studio show. Well, yeah, that doesn't count. It's not fair because the one is just... Yeah, it's it's, it's the, the apex. It's the, right. It's the highest. It's it's the best in the world. It's, it, to compare that to anything, right? You watch those things at halftime. Eh, got other stuff to do. Yeah, you got kids. <laughs> I guess what else are you gonna do? We can flip over to some baseball or something. Yeah, something. I I I, I do not all not not all the time, but um, Greeny's not my cup of tea. No, he's not. I, I'm with you, but I do I do I like to listen to Barkley. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. Way. He's the only one. Mm-hmm. But the entertainment value of, mm-hmm. of the Jet and Shaq getting pushed into the Christmas tree and right. racing to the uh, uh, to the board so that Jet can and then the professionalism the of Ernie, yeah, the, that, that, can, that can bring it all together yeah. or let them go and give them the leash when they need to, and right? Give them a little more slack when they they're going off. And I mean, there's a reason that this show wins. Emmy after Emmy, right? After I mean, year. they're just, they're just, it's just on a different level than any other, anything we've ever seen, I think. Speaking of that, I, I want to get your perspective. I had this in the notes um, as we're talking about studio shows yeah. and what we're seeing happening right now at ESPN. So we see, I can't even think of his name, the uh, guy who was on game day this year, the punter, McAfee. Yeah. So he's getting going to ESPN. Leaving um, hundreds of millions of dollars on the table with FanDuel well, to do that. There, there's, 
there's some people that wonder if he's actually leaving hundreds of millions of dollars on the table. He's not. So will FanDuel come with him? No. Well, maybe. I don't know. But No, he's going he's to be very well compensated yes, yeah, by ESPN. Yeah. But I think the blowback is, we guys are in the process of, of, of laying off all of these people. And that's the rub. And there's more coming this week. We're on the, we're yeah. on, uh, there's, a, I guess, any day now, there's another round of layoffs with the four-letter network. So you have that happening. You have the producers. You have the people that mm-hmm. make the shows. Right. Those are the ones that are being laid off, the uh-huh. people that you don't know, not the front-facing people. Nope. And ESPN's going with this, where we're going to pay Stephen A. Smith, Mike Greenberg, mm-hmm. Pat McAfee, yep. Michael Wilbon. We're going to pay these guys. Cut Chris Fowler, apparently, his pay. But we're going to pay these top five, six, seven guys, and we're putting them on all day. Mm-hmm. You flip on ESPN, and you're going to see these people. They're going to do a radio show. They're going to do a TV show. They're going to be on SportsCenter. They're going to be doing hits. They're going to do all these different things and kind of creating this atmosphere where it is only about the stars. And then that next year, even your SportsCenter anchors. Sorry, you got to take a cut. How many do you know SportsCenter? Sports well, one. What do you, I mean, <laughs> Zubin, right? right. But who, when, you, when you turn on SportsCenter, oh, there's Craig Kilborn. Or, right, right. Th- those like days are over. They are, but I know all of them. Do you? Yeah. I, I don't watch enough of SportsCenter. I hardly watch it, in fact. And see, it's still a nightly viewing mm-hmm. for me. I Although Zubin it. was on after the game last night. Yeah, and you know, I see Zubin probably four times a week yeah. during the course of that. It's just an interesting idea of, of we're going to only, our most important thing is our best Eight people that are going to get all the money. They're going to be front facing all the time, and everybody else, you're just working for the yeah. scraps. Yeah, is this going to work? I don't know. And and so how much? See, I was not aware that they're going to be. They're going to get their money's worth. Apparently, oh, if, yeah. if it's what you say, they're going to be working all day. I've never heard Pat McAfee once, other than when he had Aaron Rodgers on about one of the. Um, little drama in Rodgers' life, right? Yeah, right. Um. But he's very popular, correct? He is, yeah. Popular with young people, started a bar stool, came up that way. Will will his show will he have to change his show to make it ESPN worthy? You or, would think so. But I and, and will that will that um keep his audience? Because this is the knock that I see, just from reading. And again, I've never seen it before. People expect Pat McAfee to be one way. Mm-hmm. They like that way he does things. They like that he cusses, etc., drops f bombs because mm-hmm. he's on what YouTube TV. Yeah. And now or that he's YouTube. now that he has to, I don't know. You'd have to think he has to answer to somebody. Yeah, right. <laughs> he didn't before. Will it still be the same show? And it probably won't. And when he has on, I don't know what competitor that's breaking stories that he can have whoever he wants on. Well, you know what? You have to have Wojan. You're talking NBA in a right, story. You're right. not going to have your other guy. Whoever his guy Charms, was. Who I think appears on that show. Was it? You can't have him on. Okay. No, you got to have Wojan every time. And you got an NFL story. Sorry. Got to have can't, Shefty. You can't have Florio on. Yeah. You got to go. That's kind of, and it takes something away when you're yeah. handcuffed like that. I'll be interesting to see how it goes. Now, one thing that people have said, I heard somebody that uh, covers pro wrestling that does a media podcast, and they mentioned... Covers pro wrestling? Yeah. Like covers the WWE? Yeah. And he said, because Pat McAfee's done that. He's on SmackDown on Friday nights. And Hang on, I, I got to stop here, because this is all news to me. The, the wrestling, mm-hmm. which is fake, yeah. has somebody actually covering it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Away from the television network... Oh, it's that huge. Actually, 
It is absolutely monstrous. That so industry. where will I see this person's coverage if I was so inclined? The Ringer, that's where he works for. Uh, there's writers all over the place. It is a huge industry. Some of the biggest money I'll in podcasting damned. are people in that realm that talk about pro wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. It's a pretty big thing. It's one of the few live things. Now, I haven't watched it in 25 years, in 30 years. But live scripted programming... Yeah. There's not many that get the TV numbers that they do week after week after week, and there's no off-season. There's no reruns. Huh. It is week after week after week. It is a huge industry. But that aside, said when McAfee went there, people uh, kind of rolled their eyes. What's this football guy going to do? Mm-hmm. Let's walk around in his tank top. Mm-hmm. Very malleable. A guy that understands. And I thought the same thing at game day this year. I thought he was terrific on game day. He understood his yep. role. I thought he was great. He worked with the crew. Yep. He didn't step on toes. Nope, nope. And I think he's going to be that same kind of well, person. Well, he's the heir apparent to Lee Corso. I mean, that's yeah, why right. he's there. Everybody right. knows that. Yep. But I, but my takeaway from watching him this fall was he, he um, almost held Corso in a spot of, of reverence. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. he, he realized you're the guy, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to, um, because I think you would alienate some people. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, even though Corso's not Lee Corso anymore, he's mm-hmm. still Lee Corso. Right. You know, you want to tune in and see what kind of headgear he's going to put on. Um, that's an interesting model that ESPN's developing. A uh, real quick on this. Um, now you know what I don't. I don't think we can do the 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 super two real quick. The Ted Carter's put out there. Let's table that for about ten minutes before the hour. We'll all come right. back to it. Ted Carter, president of Nebraska. He's in, he's on all these committees. He's so he says in the and I've no reason to believe them. He's not um, in the Omaha World Herald, but he fully believes in the next couple of years uh, that there's going to be two twenty four team leagues. He says, look, I'm in these meetings. It's being talked about right now as we speak, uh, and he thinks that they're going to um, there's going to be a breakaway happening. I guess the bottom line is um, just when you thought realignment might be slowing down, mm-hmm. it's not slowing down anytime soon. Scoreboard update from the Big Ten tournament. Yes, what's going? And, and the kids that were suspended are still suspended. Yes, Iowa tied up one one in the top of the fifth inning with Michigan. Iowa the three C, the Wolverines as the six, the defending champion Wolverines, and Marcus Morgan is getting pulled to on nobody out. And the Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, Marcus mm. Morgan, is exiting the game. No outs in the top of the fifth with two on. All right. We'll take a timeout. Talk back to the NBA with Kyle Irving from the Sporting News, Miller & Condon. It is Des Moines Sports Station, 106 point. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Just past 11.30, welcome back, Miller and Condon. It's the Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Coming up in the second hour of the program, we will uh, be joined by Maury Hanks. He is the promoter behind the doubleheader event coming to Wells Fargo Arena on the 16th of December. Iowa men and women uh, will get the uh, 411, the details from uh, Maury Hanks coming up here about 10 minutes after 12. And then uh, Big 12 conversation uh, with uh, Pete Mundo, who is the proprietor of Heartland College Sports. Right now, uh, he's our go-to guy when it comes to talking the NBA. Uh, Kyle Irving from the Sporting News is back with us. Kyle Trent, uh, this Ken, good to talk with you. How are you, Kyle? I'm good. I'd be doing better if we uh, had some conference finals series that would go beyond four games. But, I mean, hey, we'll see what can happen tonight. 
Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed that we do get this. Can you recall? I I can't. I mean, even when we throw the NHL into it, everything is goose eggs for the team that's trailing. Uh, one NHL series, three zip. The other one, two zip. We now know the Nuggets have pan-punched their ticket and the Heat are on the cusp. I cannot recall anything like this ever. Yeah, this would be the first time in NBA history that both conference finals would be a clean sweep. So the Celtics are fighting against history in multiple ways tonight. Indeed they are. Well, uh, they were fighting against Jokic and company. The Lakers were yesterday. And, you know, for the first 24 minutes, it looked as though, well, you know what? Here we go. Lakers going to get one at least and then back to Denver and anything can happen. Well, unfortunately, there was another 24 minutes still to go. Jokic, when, when you watch him, um, are there still nights as closely as you watch the NBA where he does something that uh, make you, you know, say to yourself, boy, I, I didn't know he, I never seen that part of his game before. He's just such a smart player is what separates him, at least in my opinion, you know, from some of his peers in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every single night that I watch him, I feel like I feel that way. You know, that little one-legged step back that he hit over Anthony Davis last night is just not a shot that someone who is seven feet tall and almost 300 pounds should be able to hit. Um, He's so graceful. He's almost like a ballerina. He's so soft on his feet. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Being so big. And like you said, it's his, you know, the way that he sees the game. It almost feels like he sees things develop before they even happen. Yeah. And every single night now, it really feels like when Nicole Jokic steps on the floor, he's doing something that has never been done in NBA history. Last night, it was passing Wilt Chamberlain for the most triple doubles. In a, in a single playoff run, he has eight of them this year. Hmm. He's climbing his way up the all-time triple-double ladder in the playoffs. Um, you know, this is a guy who had four triple-doubles straight, which is something that only Nicole, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, which is something that only Nicole Jokic and Wilt Chamberlain have done. So, you know, every night he's placing himself in, conver- in conversations and, you know, statistically with some of the greatest players to ever play. And I think it's really taken, uh, you know, him going all the way to the NBA Finals to realize this truly is one of the greatest players the NBA has ever seen. Going to be an interesting offseason, obviously, for the Lakers. The LeBron conversation that happened last night in the postgame press conference leading to rampant speculation today. I certainly don't believe that he is going to sit out a year or even retire. Where are you on this process? Do you see any kind of chance that LeBron walks away? No, I'm with you, Trent. I I really think that, you know, I don't know if he's using it for leverage or maybe he's just looking out for people like us that are digging for (laughs) storylines. I agree. But, you know, I, it really doesn't feel that way. I mean, I can't imagine after the illustrious career that LeBron James yeah. had that he would decide the time to retire is after he's been swept for the first time before the NBA Finals. It just doesn't feel right to me. He's long talked about how he wants to play with his son, Bronny, mm-hmm. who's only one year away from going to the NBA. Um, you know, there's speculation out there about maybe he'll take a year off and then come back, but I just can't see it. I think he's looking for a little bit of leverage. He's trying to send a message to the Lakers front office to – you know, go and get me a little bit more talent. And maybe we can actually get back to the NBA Finals next year. So is he a Laker if he plays next year? Is he a Laker in, in your mind? And if he plays next year. They don't have a ton of cap space to work with, but, you know, they brought in some important pieces uh, that helped them get to the Conference Finals in the first place this year. And they do have a little bit of wiggle room, especially compared to years past. 
uh, when it when it comes to you know salaries to match uh, for a potential star like Kyrie Irving is a name that's going to get brought up a lot. I saw, I've seen Trey Young's name in the mix already. So I do think that if he comes back next year, it'll be as a Laker, and he's going to try and get wow. some sort of star to come join him and Anthony Davis to make a, another playoff push next year. Trey Young would work. Well, yeah, <laughs> that definitely would. Yeah. Not much of a defender, but that's all right. You can find other Shoot. ways to do that. Yeah. Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura. We saw both uh, some big games from both of those guys. They are restricted free agents, meaning the Lakers can match any offer that is out there. Is that the anticipation with both of those guys? Yes, it is. So when they actually traded for Rui Hachimura, there's already a little bit of an agreement in place that they planned on, you know, bringing him back in restricted free agency. And I saw a report yesterday that Austin Reeves is almost certainly expected to be a Laker next year. Um, I think those are two players they're going to be willing to go, you know, through. They're going to they're going to be willing to pay a little bit more in the luxury tax and go over the salary cap to retain them uh, because of how important they were to their. Player. I mean, if there's no Rui Hachimura and no Austin Reeves, I don't even think this team gets to the Western Conference Finals, which sounds like a ridiculous sentence, but, you know, if you watch it play out, it really is the truth. So I do think they retain both of them in restricted free agency this offseason. A couple more on Denver, then we'll switch to the game tonight. Uh, Gordon is, is, um, Trent and I talked about this at the beginning of the show. When when he came out of the Pac-12, Arizona, uh, he was a leaper, uh, an incredible athlete, top five pick. He's changed his game, at least he has to me. I don't recall... Um, the defensive end of the floor being the priority that seemingly it has become for, for him. He's a really good defender. At least he has been in this playoff run. Yeah. We're a ton of credit for that because, you know, he's a top five pick. He's someone that came into this league when he went to Orlando and he was expected to be, you know, this franchise altering talent and, you know, a lead, league leading scorer and everything like that. And I actually think that he's kind of made a similar transition in his game to what we've seen with Andrew Wiggins with Golden State last year. You know, he, he can still score like we saw last night. Aaron Gordon was, you know, kind of the one that caught fire to spark that run for the Nuggets in the second half last night. But where they really need him most is his defense. And he played incredible defense on Kevin Durant in their series against the Suns. And I almost feel like it didn't get as much attention because of how good Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic was. Uh, last night, I felt the same way. I mean, down the stretch, LeBron James, it felt like he couldn't find any, and granted, I think LeBron ran out of gas a little bit, but he couldn't get anything going because Aaron Gordon, you know, kind of, he, he was making things tough for him the entire series. So, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to players like that who come into the league. They're supposed to be superstars. They're supposed to be number one options, but they realize that, you know, if they want to be a, a, on a championship team, they want to contribute to winning the way that, you know, the Nuggets are hoping. It takes a little bit of sacrifice. Aaron Gordon was willing to take that backseat really step up as the team's primary defender. I'm going to go out and shut down the other team's best player, and I'll get my offense whenever I get it. Looking to the Nuggets in the finals, they got a lot of time off as they can rest and get ready. Only played seven guys. Is that the game plan? And Maybe we'll see a little bit of Thomas Bryan if there's a foul trouble or something like that. We'll see a little bit of Christian Brown. But is this a seven-man team? Is that what they're going to be for the next four to seven games of the finals? I actually think the last guy that you just mentioned, Christian Brown, is the guy who could get a little bit more tip against a, a team like the Miami Heat. And, you know, I don't want to go ahead and jump the gun, but it does feel like that's the way that it's headed. Um, you know, the Heat play small ball. They like to play small, and they're going to have to find a way to defend Nikola Jokic. Uh, but I really think that it's more of the Heat adjusting to what the Nuggets do than it is vice versa. So I do think the Nuggets kind of stick with that seven-man rotation. I do think Christian Brown is someone who could see a little bit more playing time guarding guys like Max Struess or Duncan Robinson on the perimeter. Um, so I do think maybe they flex that rotation out to eight players, but 
they're going to keep it tight. Things are working. They've been the best team all postseason. I don't see why Michael Malone would change it. Oh, uh, you done with the West, Trent? Uh, let's move over to the East. And uh, look, as, as uh, we talked about this uh, in our first segment, if if the Celtics have any modicum of pride after the verbal tongue lashing that they took from um, you know some of the gr- greats that have played the game before them, so you would think that the players would respect this coming out of their mouths. Magic Johnson, for crying out loud, Barkley, so many have piled on uh, Reggie Miller, accusing this team of essentially quitting. That, that that tells me that they're going to be a spirited bunch here tonight. Is that wishful thinking on my part? I mean, the Celtics, they were a no-show uh, on Sunday. Don't they have to, uh, their pride have to at least uh, rear its head a little bit today? You know, I, I grew up in Boston. I've, I've watched the Celtics my entire life. That was the most embarrassing loss I've ever seen. Uh, you know, it, it's comparable to the 2010 NBA Finals when they lost to the Lakers in Game 7. You know, it's, they didn't show up. They never showed up, and you can't roll over like that. They played that game like it was game three, and they were one game away from vacation, when really if they had won that game, they'd be right back in the series. And now this team is so inconsistent that I'm not even sure what team could show up, and I've probably watched pretty close to you know, 80, 90 games of this team this season. I could not tell you which team is going to show up tonight, and that's a massive problem for a team that is at this stage in the NBA playoffs, a massive problem for a team that came two wins away from winning the NBA Finals last mm. year. I don't know if they have the heart. I really don't. It's it's disappointing to think for how much talent this team has. But, you know, I, I, tonight, I mean, they're going to go out. And Miami's been shooting the lights out. And they're probably going to continue to shoot the lights up because Celtics haven't been resisting much on defense. And if they can't get stops, I don't really see anything changing on the offensive end because things have really gotten stagnant. The ball's not moving around the way it was earlier in the season. Jalen and Jason Brown both, J- Jaylen, Jaylen Brown and Jason Tatum both have lost right now on offense. And, you know, the Heat just kind of have them defeated. The Heat have out-toughed them in this series. The Heat have wanted it more in every game in this series. And that's exactly how we got to this 3-0 deficit that we're at right now. Good news for Celtics fans. Here comes Scott Foster. Woo-hoo. We know about him uh, <laughs> against Chris Paul. Well, yeah. same thing against the Miami Heat. 2-12 and their last 14 games with Scott Foster officiating. Apparently, him and Spolstra must not see together. Looks like David Stern's back in the role again, right? <laughs> Doing good things in conference finals. Yeah, I mean, hey, they call me a contender for a reason. You throw this guy out there and it's supposed to extend the series. But the NBA is praying that we're not going to have eight days off in between you know, the last conference finals game and the first NBA finals game. So who else would be on the assignment other than the extender, Scott Foster? Well, uh, we're certainly hoping that there is a game five. So what do the Celtics have to do other than show up and show some of that heart that we didn't see uh, on display? What, how, do they, how do they limit Bam, Adebayo, and company? Vincent went off the other day. How, how, do, they, how do they limit them? How do they come take this series back to Boston? How's it going to happen? To me, it starts on the defensive end. That was this team's identity last season. That was the team's identity for the majority of this season, really, until the postseason hit. To me, you know, they have to be crisper with their rotations on defense. They need to be able to, you know, get a body on Bam at a bye. Multiple players have to be crashing the glass. And then once they get a stop, they have to get out in transition. They have not been getting out in transition and pushing the pace, making things easier for them on the offensive end at all in the series. They haven't been able to get stops, so they're taking the ball out of the net. They're going down. They're facing that Miami Heat two three zone, and instead of trying to move the ball around and you know kind of work away work the perimeter that way, you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum trying to drive into two or three guys into his own defense and turning the ball over, giving the Heat transition opportunities the other way. So to me, 
if the, if the Celtics can take this series back to Boston and show any sort of fight in being able to pull off the first 3-0 comeback in history, they need to get stops tonight. They need to run in transition. And you know what? They actually need to run something on the offensive end instead of just playing freelance, you know, pick up basketball on that end of the floor to get their best players looks. Because as of right now, Jason Tatum doesn't have a field goal in the fourth quarter. In game three, Jason Brown and Jason Tatum got outscored by Gabe Vincent combined. So, you know, not a whole lot of heart shown from this team, but I, I mean, it still feels like the better team on paper, and it starts with getting it done on the defensive end tonight. What are you going to do if you got nine days in between before we get to the finals? I mean, there's only LeBron so many... LeBron retirement right. stories? <laughs> there's only so many preview pieces you can do. What's the game plan? Uh, for me, I mean, I'll, I'll shift focus to the NBA draft. I mean, that's coming up pretty quick for me. Uh, so, point. you know, it yep. doesn't really stop until after that June 22nd date for me. But I'm sure I'll throw some baseball games in the mix or something like that. Anything to entertain myself until the NBA Finals get started. And once they do, we will reach out to you so you can help us with them. Kyle, thank you again for what you do for us. We will uh, talk to you uh, in a week or so. Thank you, Kyle Irving. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Thank you. Thank you. you guys too. Thank you yep. so much. Good to talk- yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kyle Irving uh, from the Sporting News as we check in on the NBA, where the number is what tonight? Good question. You haven't looked? Miami one and a half. Okay. You're grabbing the Celtics. I, well, I, would, I won't play a game, but if I did, I would. Did they show some heart? What about Boston first quarter? Probably they they have to come out and right, right. Or they're going to. You said it earlier. If they're down at halftime, they're it's, not it's coming over. back. No, they'll quit. Yeah, I think that's probably a play, Trent. I'm going to look first quarter, first yeah. half. I'm going to look at those numbers. If I'm playing NBA tonight, that's more likely where I'm. That, going that's to that's a pretty good theory. Um, and just 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 to put a bow on, we were talking about studio shows earlier. Mm-hmm. They're done now, right? All right, they're done. Yeah, brutal. Uh, Miller and Con, we're talking about the uh, Barkley and inside the NBA. inside the NBA on TB TNT over for the year. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Want to readdress something we started to get into, but ran out of time. Tom Chattel's piece uh, in the Omaha World Herald, the president of Nebraska, uh, Ted Carter is his name. Apparently, he's on a lot of these boards. He says more realignment is coming to college football. He says it's being talked about as we speak, and we'll speak on it when we come back on Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point three dot net. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Clean up uh, the um, studio show. Eastern Conference is TNT. TNT. So we do have at least tonight. Thank you, Ozzy, for helping us out yes. with that one on Twitter. They all run together. I messed that up. Um, anyways, Keith uh, has been patient holding through the break. Keith, what's on your mind? Welcome to the program. Hey, I- Thanks, guys. Hey, I'll keep this kind of short, but uh, uh, I'm interested in now in how two teams who fired their coaches recently, I'm, I'm curious how they're going to do next year. I'm going to keep an eye on them. I am a Bucks fan, yeah. and it's been fun having them win all these games, having won a title two years ago, having the best record in the league this year, and apparently the loss to the Heat <laughs> was too embarrassing, yeah. so they fired Boldenholzer. I'd be very interested to see how the Bucks do next year. Um, and then also, I'm not a Suns fan, but I certainly enjoy watching them play. And now we come to find out that maybe Denver is just the supreme heavyweight of the Western Conference. And I'd also be interested to see how the Suns do next year with a new coach. Uh, you know, when you fire a coach, I assume you're saying that the talent on the roster 
justifies more performance than what you're getting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I would call the Bucks um, roster talent worthy of the best record in the NBA. They might be a little bit overachieving. I, I know it all counts in the playoffs and nothing else, but, uh, you know, I, I think if I was a GM or the owner, I'd say, you know, maybe that loss to the Heat wasn't quite as um, humiliating <laughs> as I thought it was. And likewise and, with uh, the Suns. Exactly. So I'll see. I, I'm, a, I'm a Bucks fan. I'll be cheering for them. But I'll be bracing for a downturn next year because I think they lost a very good coach. And you might be cheering for an Iowa guy, Nick Nurse, who's yes. rumored to be on the short uh, list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keith, thanks oh, for the thank call. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, and Mike Malone, something to stick him with your guy, right? Right. Uh, Sacramento made what many people bl- believed was an idiotic choice of getting rid of mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. into his second year. He did a decent job. They weren't good record-wise, but an awful roster. Heard nothing but good things. Three years in Denver, they stuck with him. Got to the playoffs, got to the conference finals in the bubble year, kept building, and here they are sticking with your guy. <laughs> Maybe not a bad thing. Something to be said for boy. ESPN Sports Center has been all over Jets camp today with with Rogers. Apparently, he's got hurt. He's got an ankle injury. I saw. Yeah. What is it, Diana Don Rossini? Rossini? Yeah. And she just tweeted out that Alan Lazard has left the field with the trainer, and he hasn't returned. Oh, trouble at Jets camp early. Hawkeyes are back in front. What's the score? 3-1 lead after a two-run single with two outs against the Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, O'Halloran, as they get it done. Manufacturing, last half inning, Michigan loads the bases with nobody out. They bring in... They wh- got out of it? Strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. That'll do it. This kid out of the bullpen, he throws frisbees, too. He's just a slider-only kid. Hmm. Doesn't throw real hard, but that yeah. thing is just moving all over the place and got three strikeouts to get out of the jam. 3-1 Hawks lead in the fifth. All right, we said we were going to get to it, so let's uh, let's at least spend a couple of minutes on it. I'm not sure. I'm sure you saw the piece on Twitter. Not sure if you actually clicked on the I World did. Herald uh, Chattel's piece and read it. I used one of my clicks for the uh, for the month on that one. <laughs> did at the you, Omaha you World get three? Herald. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm with you. you. There's only so much you can sign up for. At least <laughs> yeah. I feel that way. Anyways, uh, so Ted Carter is his name. He's the president of the University of Nebraska, and he's on a bunch of these committees uh, that are. Um, a Big Ten committees, and he says that we are on the, at least in his opinion, trending toward two super conferences mm-hmm. of 24 teams each. And he thinks that will ultimately, he says, that's not saying this is next year, but in the next two or three years, I kind of get that feeling, is his belief is that's where it's going to be. Um, we know that the SEC and the Big Ten have separated themselves financially from all of the other conferences. Do you think Ted Carter, and he says these conversations are happening now. Mm-hmm. This isn't a pipe dream of his. He says he's on these, he's behind these closed doors and these discussions have been ongoing. Do you believe him? Is this where we're going? Well, yeah. When things blew up two years ago with Oklahoma, Texas, I told you this was going to be the end game and people got all upset about it. This is what it's been trending for for two decades. This is where it's going to end. Now, I don't believe it's as quick as what he is saying. I think this is something more in the 2030s that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. 10, 12 years down the line that we're going to get to this point. But yes, that's going to ultimately be the end game. I hate it. I don't think it's good for college football. I don't think it's good for our in-state schools. A Iowa becomes fodder. Iowa State is playing at a tier below. That's not good for either of the schools, but... I think this is going to ultimately be the end game. And if the Big Ten and SEC separate and do their own thing, what does that mean for college football and the rest of the land? What does that mean? Uh, it's a great question. Here's one other thing, Trent, one other domino to fall. Notre Dame's contract with NBC is up next year. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for Notre Dame? They want $70 million. Right, and they're getting $22 million from from NBC. When they signed this contract, I mean, they've, been, they, they've had their own network for forever. Since the early 90s. Right, forever. Um 
what does this mean for the Irish? Does this finally force them to make a decision? Well, NBC's got the Big Ten right now. They do. And I would anticipate, as we're seeing right now with the Pac-12, that still has numbers, even minus USC and UCLA, and they can't get a bidder. No. And you're bidding on only, and all you get is the home games for Notre Dame, mm-hmm. six or with the series that they play outside, seven games a year. Yep. What kind of appetite is there? Look at the TV ratings for Notre Dame football. Not what they once were. Not even Too close. many options, Trent. Too many options. Not even close. Yep. Even when they're good. Yeah. It is not the level that you would anticipate a national brand. Yeah. If they go out there and they go in the open market, and we want to have this $22 million a year we get for football only, and we want to double that, that's not going to be out there. They want to more than double it. <laughs> well, because they have the ACC money. That's already a part of the $70 million that they're targeting. Okay. Now, $70 million is not going to happen. It just isn't. $50 million may be something that could make sense. But even at that range, hmm. you're talking about a $30 million a year for six games? $5 million a game for Notre Dame football? It's not happening. I would be surprised, um, but just listening to Carter or reading Chattel's piece, and Carter's quoted all throughout it, there was, it was one-on-one sit-down. Uh, the dominoes effect that he referred to in there, the fact that these conversations are ongoing. Um, the Big Ten and Notre Dame, ultimately, do they get together? They have to. I think they have to, right? I think they have to. Uh, we shall see. All right. Uh, hour number two. At the bottom of the next hour, we're going to the Big 12. We're going to talk about the Pac-12, Washington State. Uh, their president, their athletic department has been told no non-essential travel, no raises. It's time to tighten things up financially uh, with the uncertainty that is the Pac-12 and their media rights. Home run, Hawkeyes! Uh, 7-1! 7-1! They're blowing them out. Frazier with a bomb. It's noon. We'll be back in five. Miller and Condon, 106.3.